You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. When Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 13. Today's passage is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. At that time, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So this passage begins with Jesus being led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. It it seems as though the Spirit is putting Jesus in the position of temptation here. Father, would you clarify this for us? Does God tempt us, or does temptation come from Satan? Uh, This is actually something our faithful listeners will remember we discussed on a previous episode. And for those who uh, might wish to review that, or for those uh, new listeners who might want to hear it, you can go back to the October 23rd, 2019 episode on our website. Uh, on that podcast, we, we talked about how best to translate the phrase in the Lord's Prayer that usually says in English, uh, lead us not into temptation. On that podcast, I discussed in depth uh, why this phrase should be understood as, if not translated as, lead us not into the final trial or final judgment. Uh, so again, no, God does not ever tempt us. Right, and I do remember that episode and, and what you said, uh, believe it or not, Father, but what what are we to make of this passage where Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted? Yeah, well, first of all, I, w- I would point out that it was the devil uh, who is referred to here as the tempter. That's actually the first reference to him in this passage. Uh, he was the one doing the tempting. Uh, Of course, as you said, the Spirit did lead Jesus into the wilderness. Uh, So the second point I would make uh, would be to distinguish between us and Jesus. Uh, Jesus was able to withstand the temptation. Uh, Now it's important to understand the connection here uh, between Jesus, who Paul in his epistles refers to as the new Adam, and the original Adam uh, from the book of Genesis. Interesting. So uh, what exactly do you mean by that, Father? Well, in, in reviewing the story of Adam, uh, you'll recall uh, that sin began where? Uh, in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, correct. And, and how did that happen? Uh, well, Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and uh, which he had he'd been forbidden to eat. Correct. That, that's correct. But why did he eat from it? 
I, I think I see where you're going. Adam ate because Eve encouraged him, um, but she noted that the serpent had told her to do it, that it would be okay. Yes, that's right. And ultimately, uh, then Adam failed the test uh, because he listened to the tempter. Uh, Jesus then, as the new Adam, uh, goes back to the beginning and reverses what the first Adam did. So this first act of Jesus' public ministry is to overcome the tempter, to tell the tempter no. Uh, Under the first Adam, humanity was constantly tempted and failed that test. And Jesus is showing us uh, that we're empowered by God to say no to the tempter. We don't have to give in uh, to his trickery. It's interesting that you mentioned the trickery because I noticed that the devil quotes a couple uh, of scriptural verses to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's part of the trickery. Uh, the reason the Antichrist, or in this case uh, specifically the devil, is so convincing is because he uses scripture but in a corrupted way. And that's an important lesson for us to understand. Just because someone knows scriptural verses uh, doesn't mean they're accurately uh, representing the Bible. And that's one of the main reasons uh, that we're doing this podcast. We want people to understand the Bible in its context. And it can be dangerous to throw around chapters and verses uh, when you really don't understand the bigger picture. And that's why the uh, Bible so many times a day, unfortunately, is used as a weapon uh, by the self-righteous. And I think we have to fight against that with all of our might. Father, turning to another thing that jumped out to me in this passage, why was Jesus led to the wilderness for this temptation? What's the significance of that? Great question, Jason. Great question. Uh, again, it, connected to the Old Testament, as so many parts of, of the New Testament are. And uh, let, let me ask you a question. What do you think of when you think about the wilderness in the Old Testament? I guess I would say the first thing that comes to mind is the Israelites wandering in the wilderness after uh, leaving the land of Egypt before they entered the promised land. Yeah, of course, that's the most uh, famous story uh, uh, involving the wilderness in the Old Testament, and that's the connection that we have here uh, to Matthew's passage of Jesus' temptation. So the significance of the wilderness is simple. Uh, In the ancient world, during the time of the Bible, cities were built with walls around them to protect the people of the city against uh, attacks of their enemies. And in many instances, uh, people lived inside the city walls. Uh, Actually, though, when I was uh, doing excavation work in Bethsaida a few years ago, uh, I had an opportunity to see a little bit of a different setup. Uh, There in, in the ancient city, Uh, they found that most people actually lived and and farmed outside the city walls. Uh, They would go within the walls of the city to conduct business and commerce, but only the royalty themselves actually lived within the walls. Uh, If an enemy attacked, uh, the people would seek to come inside the city walls. It was still a a large area there. Uh, But, of course, they were only allowed if they had paid their taxes. Um, But in either of these cases, uh, whether people lived within the walls or simply went inside uh, when when their city was under attack, the purpose of the city walls was to protect people. Now, if you think about it, in the wilderness, you have no protection. Uh, There are no walls. Uh, You have uh, essentially no food or drink, certainly not enough uh, to survive very long. And in the story of the Exodus, when Israel is out in the wilderness, this is the first problem they face. They run out of water, and then they run out of food. 
And in the wilderness, uh, these things are not provided naturally. They're only provided, uh, according to the scriptural story, by God himself. That is, the food and drink are provided by God himself. And notice in the Old Testament that the law is given before the people enter the promised land, out in the wilderness, before they enter a city where they can settle and build walls. It's the Bible's way of signaling uh, that you're not eternally protected by the city walls. You're eternally protected only by God's law and by his providence. That's really fascinating, and that makes a lot of sense, not only of this passage in Matthew and Jesus' temptation, but also the story of Israel in the wilderness. Yes, and and further to that point, um, notice how Jesus protects himself from the tempter out here in the wilderness. What does he constantly do uh, to rebut the devil? He he quotes scripture. Yes, correct. Uh, so Jesus Jesus is showing that uh, we're only protected by God's word, which is the same as to say by God's promises. And then that all connects back to the point of requiring us to have faith or trust in God. Uh, we have to realize that although we'll be tempted in this world, and many times the temptation will be enticing, we have to put our trust in God's promises, which are not always seen to come true until the end, and that's why it's not always easy. Uh, and as we discussed earlier, it was not just Jesus who quoted Scripture. The devil also quoted Scripture. And so Jesus uh, rebutting the devil with Scripture shows us what I said earlier, that we need to understand Scripture properly. Jesus responds to the devil's incorrect use of the Bible by pointing out how it should be correctly understood. Father, another question I have has to do with the types of temptations the devil offered Jesus. Is there any significance in them? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Again, you have hunger, which is something the Israelites ran into in the wilderness during the Exodus story. God, of course, provided them with manna to sustain them. Uh, So Jesus knows he does not have to rely on Satan. He can be patient and trust in God. Uh, But beyond that, uh, the need for food is one of the most basic uh, human biological desires and needs. Uh, And so the devil's appealing to a very basic uh, human requirement for survival. Then you have the issue of God protecting you. And this, of course, is another concern. Humans have an innate sense of fear that that fear keeps us alive, but it can become overwhelming. So again, the devil appeals to something uh, very basic to human survival, but still uh, Jesus doesn't flinch. And then so finally, the devil turns uh, to that way he so easily ensnares many of us human beings. He appeals to the ego. He tries to convince Jesus uh, that he can be one of the mighty ones. And that's a problem we see with humanity right away at the beginning of the Bible. Uh, the most clear story of this uh, that wouldn't require much explanation by me at this time is, is probably the Tower of Babel. Uh, human wa- humans want to become great and powerful, uh, but still Jesus just goes back to Scripture and he protects himself uh, by relying on Scripture. Again, uh, all of the attacks of, uh, that the devil offers, Jesus finds his solace, his support, his protection uh, from these attacks by trusting in the scriptural message. Father, my final question for today is the dual nature of Jesus, the divine and his human nature, is really difficult to grasp, at least for me it is, and, and I suppose rightly so. Is It really is a paradox. As Jesus is truly divine, 
Why did he allow himself to be tempted? Couldn't he have just prevented this? Yeah, presumably so. Uh, Just as he said at his betrayal that he could have called upon legions of angels to stop his arrest and and his crucifixion, Uh, but he didn't do that in order to fulfill God's will. And that's really the same thing that that happens here. Uh, I'm sure he could have stopped himself from being tempted, but instead he becomes uh, the new Adam, as I mentioned earlier, and shows us uh, there's a different way. We can say no to the tempter. Uh, He shows us that that if we put our trust in God, if we rely upon his scriptural message and his promises, that we too uh, can can overcome the temptations of the devil. Uh, He shows us there's uh, this different road to walk, one quite different than that traveled by the first Adam. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, Father Aaron clarified the tempting of Jesus in the wilderness. Unlike the first Adam who was tempted and failed the test, Jesus, the new Adam, shows us that God has empowered us with the ability to say no, to show us that we can resist and overcome the tempter. We also discussed the use of Scripture by the devil to ensnare Jesus. Father Aaron explained that knowing scriptural verses does not necessarily mean that Scripture is being accurately represented. We were reminded of the importance of understanding Scripture as a whole. Unlike the devil, Jesus responds with a correct understanding of Scripture in his rebuttal. Finally, we were given an understanding of the significance of the wilderness in this passage. While most people lived outside of the city walls in ancient times, they would occasionally retreat within the walls of the city for protection. For in the wilderness, they were not provided for naturally, but by God alone. And through a correct understanding of Scripture, we are to understand that we are eternally protected only by God's law and by His providence. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to thee, O God.